right, welcome back to another episode of the Lifting Laughter in Life podcast with your hosts, Nick and Aaron. Aaron is sitting out of this one this time, but we wanted to introduce a new member. It's Luke. Oh. Luke, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hello. Um, so my name is Luke. Uh, I've been lifting weights since I was, shit, about 12, 12 or 13 years old. And um, started out just kind of lifting in the garage when I was homeschooled because I was definitely that kid. Um, and uh, my, my mother's a doctorate physical therapist. Um, and my uncle was a bodybuilder for a long time when he was younger. So that kind of gave me a little insight into uh, what I was getting into. And I just never stopped training, started powerlifting in high school. Um, I've done plenty of strongman, powerlifting, dabbled in bodybuilding, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's been about, I guess, what is that, like 15 years almost, 14 years, so long time, a lot of different things, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Word. Word. Yes. So we don't really have any topics for this podcast. It's It's been a long time since we've released one, um, so really, we just wanted to... Just kind of shoot the shit on this one, considering the name of the podcast is Lifting Laughter in Life. We're going to talk about shit that we want to talk about, and you guys are going to uh, sit back and enjoy as we yeah. act like idiots. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it'd be a good idea to kind of fill everybody in on what's new. Um, I agree. That with, with your life as well as idea. mine in the last shit year, you know? Yeah, so so actually, uh, funny, funny thing about uh, how Luke and I met, we actually didn't meet each other in person until probably yep. a year and a half after it knowing was, each it other. Was a couple of years. Maybe a couple of years. Yeah. 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 I didn't even ask you to help me prep until like probably a year yeah. past like a year and a half, you know? So yeah, it had been a while. It'd been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I actually met Luke through Instagram because of Aaron. Um, Aaron and Luke had met at, uh, was it Salado gym? Yeah. Salado fitness. In uh, Salado, mm-hmm. Texas there. And, uh, and him and I, we just hit it off, you know, once we started talking, uh, we could tell that, you know, we were both the same amount of crazy and, you know, the same amount of, uh, uh, dumb enough to do this <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. High effort stupidity is what I'm calling it. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. So, you know, from then on, uh, we ended up, uh, working together. He was doing static monsters. Um, 2021. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I was just handling his nutrition. Um, definitely the easiest weight cut I had done. I had done static monsters the year previous and, um, collected a couple state records there in Texas and, um, performed pretty well, but I had cut from 246 pounds to originally it was going to be 231, but they combined the weight classes for both of the strongman federations. Um, so the 220 and the 231, were the same class, but if you wanted records, you had to make the 220 class. So I had to cut from 246 to 220 at last minute instead of two, you know, to 231. So uh, I ended up losing like 28 pounds in six days, um, <laughs> which was brutal. So the the second time around, we we started sooner. And Nick was in charge of my nutrition and, and diet. And I had another coach in charge of my actual programming who had already been kind of in the know so that we didn't have to change that last minute. And um, 
I think I walked around, what, I was like probably 228 uh, before the weight cut. And yeah, then, was like, it like a week out? We just, <clears throat> we just did water load? I think it was, or? no, we didn't water load. I think we, shit, I honestly feel like, if I remember correctly, we kept me around 225 for that last couple of weeks. And, and I walked, I walked onto the scale, mornings of weigh-ins. Right on the button. Right on, 220 flat. Nice. And I refed and wasn't a, wasn't a bad refeed, wasn't a bad cut, felt great. Yeah. Um, just got kind of butchered with some stupid rules and bad calls. Very, but, very dumb yeah. calls. Did not adhere to the, the actual rules that uh, you know are put forth in Static Monsters. And, that being uh, the, the organizers did not adhere to the rules, correct. not myself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's how it goes sometimes. And I'm probably going to be taking a break from Strongman because of that. So... Uh, make sure that you guys, if you're strongmen out there, make sure that you, you go to well-organized competitions. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, people who are, who are reputable, <clears throat> but yeah. So that was, yeah, approximately two years after we had met was the first time we met online was the first time yeah. that we had met in person, which was at that competition in, in Killeen, Texas. Yeah. Yep. That was a good time. No, it was, it was, you know, aside from everything <coughs> that happened at the meet. And yeah, like, yeah, no, it was a good evening, though, like yeah. going back to my folks' place and we just <laughs> hung out. Yeah, it's um, drawing a picture, though, for, for me. You were, how tall are you? I'm um, 5'8. He's about 5'8, and so he was almost 250 pounds, uh, covered in tattoos with a, with a hefty beard. So if, if you wanted an image, uh, that's your image for you. Think, <laughs> think biker or gang leader. Yeah, biker gang leader meets, <laughs> meets like Lord of the Rings dwarf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Gimli's uh, more jacked offspring. Right, <clears throat> right, exactly. You know, if they had me around, those orcs never would have taken over Moria. No, <laughs> they would have been like man flesh. Oh fuck, never mind. <laughs> no, that's not a man. Let's bounce. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, fast forward to where we're at now. Um, right. Oddly yeah. enough. Luke and I just happened to talk on the phone one day randomly. He called me and uh, he's like, dude, uh, you're not going to believe it, but I, I, think I'm, I think I'm moving to Missouri. And so naturally I was like, shut the fuck up. Where? <laughs> exact like, words, uh, by the literally. way. Literally what he said. And, yeah. and sure enough, you know, we ended up moving uh, to the same city. We are actually uh, Neighbors. Know, a decent rock throw from each other. Yeah. Like if there were no trees, his building, could you could see my building from his. So it's... Very, very convenient um, and also awesome. You know, yeah. Both of us relocating to places that we don't really know anybody and, and you know, now we live across the street. Um, all that happened in within, like, what, three weeks? It was pretty quick, yeah. yeah. You, like, yeah. I was already, I had just moved in and settled by the time they were moving in and getting settled as well, so. Yeah, it was pretty crazy timing. Yeah. Because he had moved from the uh, communist state of Colorado. Yup. And I had the moved. The Gucci state, as we call it. I'd moved from the communist city of Austin, Texas. <laughs> so we, we had like minds on yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, the <coughs> small town in Missouri that we're at is awesome. Love all the, uh, the small towns around here. It reminds me of what America used to be. Yeah, it reminds me of, it reminds me of, of home, of Salado. Yeah, yeah, with Salado, yeah. yeah. 
night and day difference between you know driving an hour south into yep, Austin to Austin. It's I, like holy I, crap. After a certain point in time, I avoided Austan. Yeah, I don't like. I I, I wouldn't even go. People invite me out to Sixth Street or whatever, and you know my friends would go out there and I'd be like, mm, I'm good. I'm. Yeah. I don't want to go there. <laughs> that that was the funny thing about like telling people when I, when I was moving to to Austin, they're like, oh, you're moving to Texas? Gross. Well, Austin's okay. And it's they the clearly didn't fucking it's the know the opposite. Me. They like, clearly did not know people me. who live in in like. Anywhere but Austin in Texas are like, oh, you're going to Austin? Ugh. Yeah. You know? Yep. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I don't know, San Antonio or, you know, something like that. They're like, oh, okay, cool. It's just, yeah. Austin sucks. That's what we're saying. Anyway. Yeah, it's AIDS. It's, uh, it's, it's Portland. It it's, yeah. It's essentially. AIDS. It's a cancer. Mm-hmm. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah, anyways, that's, that's where we're at now. We're both going to the same gym. Yep. Um, elite Total. Elite Total Fitness. Yep. Very cool, like, grunge gym. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting mix, you know, yeah. considering that when I, when I first went there, you walk into the front door and it's a commercial gym. Like, that's, it's air-conditioned, there's mirrors, there's, there's a thousand and one machines and a shitload of treadmills, and, uh, and you're kind of like, oh, I, I thought this was, like, a little more of a, you know, powerlifting, CrossFit, you know, kind of gym. Then you walk out the back door and it's all AstroTurf with plenty of machines, eight power racks, uh, a big wide open area for the strongmen and CrossFitters to do their thing. You know, it's a uh, pretty good environment, you know, community-wise too. Yeah, um, really nice people. Yeah, there's, there's sure. every gym's going to have a few people that you maybe don't get along with, but, but for the most part, this it's real good. So um, I was very pleased to have that gym be my first experience here and, and decided to stay there and it being, you know, six, seven minute drive from the apartments. Yeah. It's so close. It's really close. It's convenient. Cause great. I mean, we have yeah. strong barbell, you know, in, in South KC. They're in yeah. South now, I guess they moved. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so we'd, it's not far. It'd be cool. You know, they yeah. got Hunter Henderson there and Dan Bell and some other, uh, pretty, it'd be fun just to go meet them yeah. and get a training session. I don't know if I'd make that trip often yeah uh, go watch hunter henderson pee on the platform doing yeah deadlifts oh dude we love it <laughs> we love to see it i do that too sometimes uh i usually poop yeah, i usually but, poop out yeah, my butt yeah, power yeah. poop yeah um makes room i almost did that when i was doing my pause deadlifts yesterday sexy just about shit myself nice it wasn't hard yeah. I, I guess i had shit i didn't know <laughs> it was, uh one of the one of the guys there the he's the older dude that drives the shelby f-150 um, he's pretty jacked, like blonde dude, blue eyes, pretty tall, maybe six one, pretty lean. Does and he always wear white t shirts? Yes. Okay, yes, yes that I know guy. that guy. Yeah, he's is he a nice here. guy? He is actually is he? he's pretty okay. cool. He's pretty cool, yeah. Um a little rough around the edges. That's but, that was but, yeah, he looks like maybe meth was his favorite a long time ago. Drugs, possibly. yeah. Yeah, he was a drug addict, yeah. he was in prison for a little while. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about I, it. I think that. he assumed that I was too. <laughs> um, so <laughs> That happens often. So, um, but Luke yeah. always get it, gets asked, he, yeah, "Where'd you do time? time? Yeah, where, where'd you do your time?" It, like, his answer is always, "Not yet." Yeah, just in yet. case they're trying to start some shit. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I was, I was talking to him and one of the the females in the gym. I don't know if she's a trainer or just a regular. Everybody's but, a trainer now. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but she she walked up to him after he had failed a uh, trap bar deadlift PR, and uh, she walked up and she's like. Well, don't shit yourself. And I was like, oh, that's the best part. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're here to, to get relief, right? Yeah. So shit yourself while you're deadlift. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. You always clean it up, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, um, 
a little more taxed from that deload than I expected to be. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is so TLDR. Um, Nick is currently doing my programming uh, for me getting back on the platform as well as back into just a normal routine. Because uh, after moving and, and just a bunch of personal things in my life, I had kind of, I'm not going to say fallen off, but I, I had just, was very inconsistent with my, my training mostly. Um, and I think I was a little too focused on trying to maintain a lower body weight. Uh, and, and I was suffering for that. So he took over my training. We're training three days a week. Um, basically just compounds, very low volume moderate intensity. It's, it's actually been really refreshing. Uh, but I've always tended to need a deload more often, um, than, than most. Usually if I'm like, uh, maybe I should deload in like a couple of weeks, I, I should deload then, you know, it's one of those situations where it's more often isn't really going to hurt me. Um, but anyway, this week was a deload week. And, uh, I think what I'll probably do is just take the deadlifts and squat that I did yesterday, do my bench day, and then call it good until Wednesday and just skip that third session because my hip was pissed. Mm. Yeah, my hip was pissed today because I did the yeah, I worked all day. Work's been a little more rough this week. Um, and then I went straight to the gym and then I went straight to my second job doing the trash. Oh yeah. So all that in one day, dude. Yeah. Oh my my calves are so sore from doing all that. Like and and paired with I've been having a little bit of a, an impingement in my left hip or, or like an insertion in my quad. I'm not sure which it is, but um, this morning when I got out of bed, it was it was tight and it did not feel great. So I think I'll probably, if I do do the third training day, I'll probably skip on squat or just go really light, maybe do some belt squat. Yeah. Um, but that's actually a good lead into, you know, what to do when you have a tweak or what to do when maybe your schedule is you know not normal and your normal recovery system is kind of not really adding up to it you know if you want to take off on that um well like uh we just put out that post recently about tweaks right uh, yeah you know managing load so there's a lot of ways to do it uh the way that i explained on there was was literally just you know like if, if it was an injury you know that that's inflamed by squats um you know you can you can pick things that are a little less, uh, like I probably wouldn't have him do, you know, high box squats, uh, cause that's, that's just gonna, you know, mess with your, your hips even more. Uh, but you know, there's unilateral work that we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, but to make it more simple, I just said, let's start you with body weight squats, or we can do goblet squats and we can work our way up as long as, uh, the load you're using isn't causing any pain or, you know, it's not a manageable pain. Right. Um, you know, then, then you can continue adding load over the weeks. Um, there's other ways to do it too. Like I know, you know, every once in a while you get like a back tweak, just a random back tweak, either in the, the lower back or it's like, you know, which for to me, me, to me usually denotes that you need to deload. Yeah. Could. If you start, if you start, at least in my experience with my clients as well as myself, if you start getting little tweaks that you had before, start remembering when and why those happen. Like for me, if, if I need to deload the three things that are going to feel like shit are going to be my lower back, my pec, like one of my pec insertions, because I've, I've had a lot of tweaks in and, and around there and my left elbow. If those things start to give me issues consistently, that probably means I need to back something off, back off volume, back off, you know, uh, frequency maybe, um, or, you know, just simply take a deload week. 
Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, to work around because I don't like saying working through, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, work around the things that are, that are mm-hmm. bugging you in that time. Like <clears throat> for instance, I, now that Nick has taken over my programming is now is the first time this last three or four weeks has been the first time that I've been doing low bar back squat with any level of consistency, um, in over a year because at the, uh, 2021 static monsters that we had briefly mentioned prior in the conversation. Uh, I had a very severe uh, knee injury, which ended up being a uh, patellar tendon tear and uh, severe tendinosis. I didn't do it. It was somebody else. Yeah, it was somebody else. <laughs> it was the judge. We're going to blame the judge. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, I, I had tweaked my knee in the last week of training. And my, my fix for that was to wear a, um, a knee wrap which uh, was not against the rules, but it felt, it felt okay with a knee wrap uh, when I was doing warm-ups and, and leading up to the competition. Um, long story short, I was forced to take it off. I attempted my rep, knee gave out, and that had been a problem for, for this whole past year um, where squat and, and certain other things were uh, essentially impossible um, because it was gonna start causing issues elsewhere. Um, so, you know, going back to squatting with a, any level of, of consistency uh, was, was not only mentally difficult, but it, it has also been physically difficult, just relearning almost how to squat. Uh, you know, currently I'm weighing 221 in the morning, 221 pounds, and uh, that's almost 30 pounds less, you know, 25 to 30 pounds less than I was when I was performing squat consistently. So, uh, you know, you got to take those kinds of factors in as well when you're, when you're training, um, especially prior, you know, post-injury, post-recovery, essentially, um, mm-hmm. you, you've got to remember how to do it. So there's no sense trying to jump in doing things that, oh, well, I've done it before. Uh, I think yeah. that's a pitfall that a lot of athletes, specifically athletes, fall into is post-recovery. Oh, well, I've done this before. So... I'm just going to do 70% of my former one RM. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to be good for you. Just cause I've squatted 600 plus pounds before does not mean, uh, that I should jump back under 500 pounds, which is exactly why my hip is bothering me because I did that. And, uh, I, I think that's kind of what started my hip, you know, tweak. And, uh, we've been kind of addressing it since. So, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of one of those things why a lot of, a lot of coaches, uh, they like using, you know, uh, training maxes. Yeah. Because, you know, you come off your meet, take a couple weeks off, and you start, you know, performing your off-season. Like, your, your, your one-rep max during that, that peak right. is not your off-season one-rep max no, anymore. No, it's not. Especially when you take a lot and of time off. And it shouldn't be because otherwise you're, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, you're just You're going to be in a world of hurt if you're trying to go on a linear progression model, you know, using your peaked training maxes. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, oh, I pulled 750. Uh, so I'm, you know, in, in my, my training block, so I'm going to go for 75% five by five. You're going to hate your life yeah. and your body's going to complain and you'll probably get yourself hurt. And it probably doesn't sound like much to some, you know, some people listening, but like as you get stronger, as you get bigger and stronger, you're able to induce a lot more fatigue with just a single set than, yep. you know, you could absolutely when you were starting out. Um, and so that plays a huge factor as people get stronger you're going to want to stay away from those, you know, 
higher relative intensities. Yeah, um, absolutely. It'll wear on you fast. Yeah. You know, I'll actually use my, my client Tyler as, a, as the poster child for this. Um, he went from a training style that was very, I'm not going to say maximal, but it was very high effort, very consistently over a long period of time. Um, he competed with me at Static Monsters in 2021. Uh, I've known Tyler for a few years. He was a good friend of our friend Ricky. That's where I recognize him yep. from. Yep. Okay. Uh, he was a good friend of our friend Ricky, who who unfortunately passed away last year, uh, right before the, the competition, and uh, about a month before. And um, this year, uh, Tyler had hit me up <clears throat> and asked if I would take over his programming and diet for um, Static Monsters 2022. So I told him I would. We were, I think we were about 15 or 16 weeks out um, when I agreed to take it over. And um, I put him through a training block that, you know, he himself is a coach. He has several clients under his belt. And um, we talked about this after the competition and, and, you know, kind of agreed on it. But it's very easy as a coach to not listen to what you preach. <laughs> um, I think that's why I hired Nick to do my programming is I have plenty of experience coaching athletes, <clears throat> but uh, coaching yourself is the hardest. If, if I, if I had to say that, I really say coaching yourself is the hardest. Um, there's a massive amount of discipline and, and sticking to a decision that needs to be made because my problem wasn't staying with my programming. My problem was wanting to change my programming every two or three weeks. Um, you know, to something different, a different goal. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Same thing. Yeah. But Tyler and I had talked about it, you know, and I had him in a very, very um, sub-maximal training program. Four days a week, relatively, you know, I'd say like moderate volume for, for the first half of it until obviously we started peaking and volume came down. Um, but the intensity was much less. The average intensity was much less than he was used to. Uh-huh. Uh, and he had even kind of questioned it a couple of times, like, oh, man, this just feels so light. Like, man, 355 on bench, like, that ain't shit. And, you know, that flew up, flew up. And I was like, good, don't push it. Yeah. Just, just, I want it to feel good. I don't want you training at a, at a like, RPE 8 and 9 all the time. I want to see these big weights move at an RPE 6, you know, or less. Yep. Um, so, so you're getting that, that Jocko good, good. <laughs> yeah. So last year, his best comp lifts were a 310 log static monsters. For those of you who don't know is a maximum log press and a maximum 16 and a half inch axle deadlift. So it's not 18 inch and it's not nine inch, which is, which is a typical deadlift bar height. Um, <clears throat> 16 and a half inch happens to be an extremely awkward mm-hmm. height. And a lot of people see right a wagon knees. wheel deadlift and they think, oh, it's obviously easier. No, Mm-mm. go do it. Go yeah. do it. It's, it's awful. I know plenty of people who pull more off the floor than they do on that particular lift. Yes. So anyway, that being said, his biggest lifts last year were a 310 log. Um, I think he cleared the 310 on his second attempt. Uh, or no, I think he failed it on a second attempt and had to reattempt it for his third. So he took 310 for his third. Uh, and then it's same powerlifting rules, essentially, you know, three attempts you know, best of what you get. Um, and an 800 pound deadlift. So great numbers. Um, Tyler weighed in, I think he competed at 275 that year. Um, so we went up a weight class this year, mostly just because we didn't cut. Um, I didn't want him to, he was 293 a week out. Um, and he, you know, we started with an aggressive cut. He felt awful. Um, 
his recovery was not good. And, you know, he'd only lost like two pounds. He was like 291. Yeah, at some point you got to know when to say, you know what, you need a new weight class. That's what I said. Yeah, weight. I stopped him five yeah. days out and I was like, look, do you, like, how, how important is it to you to compete at 275? Or, or do you want to feel good and hit PRs? Yeah. yeah. And, and why was, did you get into lifting in the first place? Exactly. You know what? That's what he said. He's like, yeah. he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, you get as big he, strong as you can. Exactly. You know? So he, he weighed in at 291 with all of his clothes on, his boots, his phone in his pocket, his keys <laughs> in his pocket. So he had still lost some weight, um, but felt good, felt recovered, felt ready to go. Which is what I wanted. And the day of, competed against a man who looked like, you know, he ate his, his Cheerios with Tren every morning. <laughs> um, you know, for, literally looked like one of those, those blue cows, you know, the, the ones with the myostatin oh, yeah. deficiency. Oh, yes. Dude yeah. was jacked to the gills. You know, just, just huge. And um, Tyler's not a small man. He, he's standing next to this guy. And this guy made him look small. And he made that man sweat. He did lose... But not in the static events. There was one <clears throat> other event, a sandbag toss, uh, that this guy beat him at. But um, they put up the same log press with 355 pounds. And uh, Tyler pulled a 905-pound deadlift. Hell yeah. So that's a massive jump. That's a, so that's a, what, a 45-pound log comp PR uh, and a 105-pound deadlift mm-hmm. comp PR, which is huge. Huge. So... Um, both of which, you know, he out deadlifted that guy by 80 pounds. That dude pulled 825, he pulled 905. Um, so, you know, when you peak right and you train submaximally. So, actually, I, I knew everything was good when, when he sent me his final list. Because his first peak week, I wanted him to do an RPE 9 log and an RPE 9 deadlift. Uh, his RPE 9 deadlift was 850. So, and it smoked. Yeah. It went fast. His RPE 9 log press was 340. Um, also smoked, just threw that thing up like it was a joke. And this is under under fatigue of, of the entire peak still. Right, so exactly. We know there's, there's, there's more. We there. knew there was a lot more, and that's yeah. what I wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to see those. I wanted to see PR weights move fast. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. That's literally all I wanted. And then when he saw that, prior to that 850 deadlift for his, his peak week, the heaviest deadlift I had programmed for him was 675 mm-hmm. for a triple. That's it. So he went from... 675 for an RPE, like seven, six, probably less in reality, triple to an 850 single the next week. Um, actually, I think it was a double, a 975 double, if I remember right. So fatigue, I'd have to go back and look. That but, pesky fatigue management. Right. You know, so, but he even questioned me. He's like, man, only 675. We've got two weeks. We've got two weeks left. Like, we're getting close. And I was like, just wait until next week, mm-hmm. please. Don't do anything dumb. I know you feel good. That's mm-hmm. the point. I want you to feel good right now. So next week, when you feel good to peak, throw it on, throw the weight on, but not this week. So, you know, we got to remember that as you get bigger, as you get stronger, I've been doing this for 15 years. I respond to such a small amount of volume mm-hmm. um, and I respond hard. I've put, what, 15 pounds back on in the last month, Pretty just quick. about, because mm-hmm. I'm 221 right now. And uh, you were like 207 ish. I was like, yeah, 206, like 207. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all my weights are moving good again. I, you know, 455 on squat for an RPE 6 or 7 triple the other day on squat. Uh, you know, my pause deadlifts this week for deload were, were 435 paused uh, for, for a set of three. 
Just dumb easy. I still haven't even showed you the videos for that, but you know, I'll show you. It's um, that fatigue management, recovery management, and doing doing what you know you can do. I think is more important than anything else. Just just like with this week, like I know it's probably not a good idea for me to squat. It's a deload week. There is no point for me to squat if it's going to compromise something. Yeah, it's just not going to help. You know, and that's one of those things where when when you're higher level athlete who's also a coach. Um, you've got to have some of the responsibility and be able to tell your coach like, Hey, like, I I don't think this is wise right here. And here's why. And if it's a good enough reason, your coach is probably going to listen to you because you know your body better than better than they do. Um, and hopefully they listen and, and, you know, like a case like that where he's like, yeah, my hips bothered me. Um, you know, Luke knows his body better than I do. And I'm going to defer to his judgment on that. Um, like earlier in the week, he was like, you know, he was kind enough to let me know like, Hey, I'm, I'm changing my schedule this week. Cause of blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was, you know, I was just like, dude, you, you know how to schedule right. yourself. Yeah. But you know, he was, he was being courteous enough to like, you know, let me know. But that's one of those things as you get better as an athlete, you got to take a little bit more responsibility on yourself to know when you're getting a little too beat up. Um, yeah, cause then, your coach is human too. Yeah. You know, like he, he may not know if I don't communicate to him, like, Hey, I really need to deload or I'm feeling beat up this week. I need to change my schedule or, you know, any of that. Like if I were to do a movement at the gym that Nick programmed for me that had ordinarily felt fine and then something didn't feel fine with it anymore, he needs to know that. Um, You know, and I I can't tell you how many people I've talked to or a scene at the gym, friends of mine even who've hit me up and, you know, they talk about, well, my coach has me doing this. And I, I hate it. It sucks. Like, I feel like shit, you know, or I'm not recovering or it hurts. A, A, B, C, whatever, X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter. You need to communicate that with your coach. And if yeah. your coach tells you, you know, you're wrong and to basically eat shit and keep doing it, maybe get a new coach. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, obviously we can kind of tell the difference between somebody just being a baby and not. For but, sure. But also at the same time, like, you, you seek that person out. To, to have them coach you. Uh, so you're probably not going to have them take it too easy on you. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe that makes some sense. But yeah, there's like a difference, you know, between pushing them and, and you know, just being ignorant. So yeah, it's exactly. Like, like I, I trained under Luke Fulbrook, actually, for a little while, who's a very well-known uh, strongman from the U.K., uh, he lived with Eddie Hall at the time that he was coaching me. Oi. Yeah. Oi, you what, mate? <laughs> Bibbly gun drop. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the, the uh, pity vocals and chonkers is like when people are talking about mac and cheese? I have no idea. No, no, I that's not no a real idea. thing, but that's like, a, you know, us making fun of the UK. Uh. Anyway, um, so I was having a lot of issues on squat at the time with ankle mobility um, causing uh, calf injuries repeatedly. Um, like so bad that I actually called out of work for a couple of days one time because my calf was so tore up that I couldn't walk. Um and I, I brought it up to him after like a couple of weeks, I gave it, you know, the benefit of the doubt, like, Hey, okay. You know, I'll, I'll see if I, this works itself out or, you know, mm-hmm. but after that, when I had to call into work, I, I told Luke, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't think I can squat right now. Like I really don't, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's compromising the rest of my training to try to squat. We're doing strongman here. You know, I know yeah. squat has a lot of carryover and it's a good lift to do, but if it's compromising the rest of my training, I feel like I shouldn't do it. And he more or less told me to eat shit. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. You know, he, he, if I remember right, his exact words were something to the effect of like, well, don't be a pussy and just do it. 
Yeah. Um, and like, that's I, nothing against Luke because I will admit, like, I, I learned in that block with him that I responded better to the, to like four exercises, three sets a piece. And that was it four days a week mm-hmm. on paper. I looked at that coming from where I'd been before and I was like, Oh, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But the workouts were still tough, but not brutal until I started having calf problems. And, um, I actually made really, really good progress. First time I hit a 350 log actually was in that block. Um, so, you know, not trying to talk shit on Luke Fulberg here, but my point is, uh, if your coach ever tells you to eat shit and keep doing it, um, get a new coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's no bueno. It's bad. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta listen to people. Um, yeah. Like yeah, uh, some another another side of that that coin is as a coach, um, knowing when to uh, kind of pump the brakes on on an athlete that wants to go a little too ham. Yes. So that was <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. So that, that was hard to do. That was and it's frustrating. I dealt when they with uh, with with Clay recently, and it wasn't yep. really his fault at all. It was, it was definitely my fault. I should have you know just been like, nah, we're gonna deload and. And you're gonna, yeah, um, that was because you know he was feeling good. He had missed, uh, I think, like one day the week previous, so he was, he was feeling okay because he had the extra day to recover. Yeah, um, but it was still planned to deload him. So you know he's like, I actually feel good, bro. Like you know, I'll leave it up to you, but I feel pretty good. Like I could go, you know. And he didn't deload. Yeah, and Clay's yeah. been lifting long enough where I'm like, okay, okay, he you might know what? Know. He might know. So yeah. I programmed it, you know, another week and. Uh, and he ended up uh, straining his adductor. Ah, and so yep. it was right there. I was there just we like, go. God dang it. Every I time. know better. Every time. You, and know? you know what? And that's that's part of the nature of what we do. Yeah. You know, every time we're, we're in a training block where you have a goal in mind, like a meet or a PR or any, any of that, the whole idea is to push the envelope, right? Of every, every time. That's, of course. That's what we do. It's what we've been doing for years. Every single competitive athlete, even even gym goers, just your average gym goer, everybody does that. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, it's the nature of the beast. And, and you just, you're never going to make it go away. Mm-hmm. You're never going to stop that from happening entirely. But the goal is to make it happen as infrequently as possible. Yep. Um, you know, I remember seeing several coaches and athletes all over the place, but most noteworthy probably uh, Derek, Death Grip Derek. Oh, yeah. You know, Derek Thistleweight. That's Thistle a good Thistle one. Wait. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. But he, he always said, well, not always, but I've seen him say numerous times, deload more often than you think you need to. You're not going to get weaker. Yeah. You will not. If you are still training and you're deloading appropriately – because I know some people think deload is just don't train. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's for not sure. a good idea. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Um, yep. But if you really need to, I know there, there has been a couple of times that I have done that where a deload week for me was I was so trashed that I had to just not lift weights. But I still did something. Yeah. You know, jump on the bike, go for a walk, do some mobility work, you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> Even just get a little pump, like just, a, just a, you know, two sets of something just to get – get the blood flowing that's fine um but deload more often than you think especially if you're more experienced it's not it's not the opposite right you know you get a fresh client who's who's pretty new you can push them for eight weeks for sure and they're fine you get an experienced athlete yeah they're they're skilled enough and strong enough at the lift that they can fuck themselves up a lot easier yeah um, absolutely get a new guy in there you know he's not even really that proficient with squat bench and deadlift yet I mean, you, you can throw the comp lifts at them for 
for months before yep. you need to do anything different. You do, yeah. No, uh-huh. I actually just got a new client, a good friend of mine. I haven't written his programming yet. I've actually gotten, after Tyler competed and I posted that, I've gotten four new clients in the last week and a half, two Competitions weeks. always bring on new clients. Yeah, well, it's like the old NASCAR adage, right? Is uh, win on Sunday, buy on Monday, or, or win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, you know, the stock car wins, you know, yep. Ford won on, on Sunday, so everyone goes and buys a fucking Ford yep. on, on uh, Monday. But it's the same concept with an athlete. You know, when you, can, when you coach a competitive athlete who performs well, and you show that, and they show that, um, typically that brings in business, you know, and we like that. Yep. But uh, my point being, I've got my good friend who I used to work with uh, in the weapons manufacturing industry, and um, he has severe carpal tunnel in both his hands. He can't work anymore because of it. Oh, um, but he uh, he's getting physical therapy for it. He's trying to get that handled, but uh, he also wants to get his health back on track. Yeah. He's a little heavy. It'll help. Um, and it will, exactly. That's what I told him. I was like, you know, it's going to be tough. I've dealt with just mild carpal tunnel, you know, uh, I guess more of a, an acute thing, not a chronic thing, mm-hmm. uh, where it was more isolated. But training under that circumstance, I had to use a figure eight strap to do lat pull downs yeah. because yeah. I couldn't hold onto the bar. Yeah. So I kind of understand where he's coming from, at least to a degree. But, um, you know, I told him, I was like, what we're going to do is, is I'm going to try to help you get active, build some muscle, but most importantly of all, learn a new skill. I think that's overlooked a lot when it comes to new people, people who've barely ever, if ever touched a weight or a barbell in their life is it's, it's a skill. It's a movement skill, kind of like dancing. You know, your body has to learn that range of motion, that movement and how to perform it with what it has. Um, So what I'm going to do is basically I'm going to have him squat, bench and deadlift. He's going to do it, but it's going to be at a very low intensity and it's going to be skill focused and not, just move the weight a bunch of times, like, you know, yeah. oh, I, I want you to do three sets of 10 on bench. No, I'm not going to have him do that. It's going to be like five doubles yeah. to learn how to do that movement in an efficient pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's going to be that way for a couple of months, probably. I'll have him get the work in doing smaller accessory stuff that's less likely to hurt him, less likely to tax him, less likely to make him so sore and uncomfortable that he wants to stop. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because sure. I think a lot of trainers, I'm doing air quotes, trainers, mm-hmm. um, do that where they, they hammer people just trying to get them to, yeah. to work hard, you know, yeah. and then they never want to come back. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's one of those things where it's, you know, a difference between a trainer and a coach is a, a coach is going to get you toward a goal. A trainer is going to get you through a workout. Yeah. You know, the, the trainer's going to make you sweat. They, they want you to yeah. come back and buy more sessions. A coach wants to see you improve markedly month over right. month, year over year. Yeah. Like when I, when I saw Tyler's lifts, uh, like his peak week lifts and his comp lifts from this last, you know, block and, and comp, I, I cheered out loud. It felt like those were my PRs, you know, like it was a really good feeling oh, to have, sure. to have somebody who's already accomplished and then help them accomplish more and that much more. You know, it's such a good feeling. So the same goes for new people. You know, when you have a new person who, oh, hey, man, like, you know, my wrists hurt. I can't work anymore. I really want to get healthy again. And then months and months from now, he comes back and he's like, dude, I can do this pain-free. I feel great. I lost 20 pounds. Uh, I got whatever their goal was. You know, yep. that even that is just as rewarding. It is. It is. All right, well, that's, that was our introductory, uh, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, rant. 
Yeah, um, pretty much. We talked about uh, a lot of different things. Yeah, well, um, but that's that's good. You know, that's yeah. kind of how it, how it should be. Just vomit at you and, you know, whatever sticks, sticks, I guess. Oh, you want to have fun with it, too. You know, I, there's yeah. nothing more irritating than listening to a podcast that's just dull as shit. Well, know? dull as shit, or it's like very much that meme where it's like, you know, the, the, the three doge <laughs> sitting around the, the table and it's like, so, bro. Bro, I was in a grocery store the other day. Oh, yeah, bro? Yeah. Uh, I was waiting behind this fucking lady in line, and uh, I had ice cream, and he knew it. Oh, bro, I hate when that happens. Like, you know, just some dumb shit. I, fucking, yeah. I can't stand that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I think uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to sign off here at the Lifting Laughter and Life podcast. We will see you guys next time. See you later. Have a good one. All right, so today we're going to be talking about drugs. Drugs. Everything drugs. Uh, PEDs. Yeah, specifically. I mean, we like other drugs. Liver King blood. (laughs) You know, so what's funny is obviously we all knew he was on gear. But when they they posted his his cycle or like when the, the email, you know, I looked at it and I was like, that's not that much. No. It's really not. Like people, you know, the post was like, oh, he's... He's taking a massive amount of growth hormone. And I was like, that's that's MK six seventy seven and it's less than I'm taking. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really not. But the fact that he lied about it. Oh, well, okay, but you know, like <laughs> fuck him, yes. But but also like most people in the industry. You know what killed me though was how many people did not believe it. Like I yeah, would talk no, to right? them and I'd be like, no, he's definitely on shit. And they're like, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, he absolutely is. I'm like, he's grow a 40 up. something year old man. Grow up. Yeah, come on. I'm like, so is Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, so are a lot of your, your favorite people. They are on drugs. And probably a lot of people you don't even know. It, there's a lot of people you wouldn't even think are on You wouldn't drugs. even think Henry Cavill from The Witcher and yeah. Superman. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's Gary. Absolutely. Yeah. I would not be shocked. Yeah. Um, you know, when I went to get my haircut the other day. One of the, the shop was empty, and I walked in. There's like three barbers all chilling. There's bullshit, and, and I walk in, and one of the guys is like, "Oh man, you you look like that Liver King dude. You look like that Liver King." And I was like, "Oh well, thank you. I mean, he's jacked, he's like right. You know, appreciate it." And and then he was like, "Man, you think he's really natural?" And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> hell no." And I, I kind of looked at him like I thought it was a trick question. I was like, "No, he, he's not at all." No. Well, Nick, we had this conversation about, like, literally the highest level natural bodybuilders don't even look close to that. Yeah. They've been training hard for 20 plus years, and they're still... Look at Eric Helms. They're still pretty small. Yeah. Look look at, uh, what's his name? I always forget. Alberto Nunez. Mm -hmm. I mean, that dude gets peeled. They're shredded, but they're small. Yeah, Yeah, he's not a big guy. They get a different kind of shredded. Yeah. I will say that. Like, when you see a natural bodybuilder get on stage... They're a whole nother level of they like get so friggin' peeled, lean, dude. dude. So fucking lean. peeled. But then their delts look like garbage. Yeah, they're not as cloudy. Uh, their their upper back, their upper backs look like garbage. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and and you know, good for them. Whatever. Here's a cookie. But I like me some drugs. And, oh, for sure. Um, My thought process on it is why are more of those coaches not asking guys like Nunez, like like I'm talking about like uh, high level IFBB pro coaches. Right. Why are they not going to those guys and saying, hey? How how can we achieve that look with our guys? Like yeah. how can you can you help us with you know that's but you know the the enhanced side is just as arrogant as like yeah you, know, you take yeah. the USAPL powerlifters those guys are arrogant as fuck too yeah 
So the top level, if, if people just put their fucking egos away for a minute. Well, you, you know, I remember when I was, when I was still natty, because I didn't start using it until I was 22. And I, I remember being really frustrated in my late teens, early 20s, because I was still, I had good genetics. I ate a lot of good food and I worked hard and I was pretty big. Like, considering that I was natural and that young. But um, I remember being frustrated because I always felt like some of the guys at the gym that I worked at at the time, I felt like they were always kind of looking down on me and some of the other guys because we didn't use gear. You know, and it was just kind of like, now I'm on the other end of that. And not that I look down on anybody for not using gear. If you're going to be holier than thou and a prick about it, yes. yeah, I think you're, I'm going to yes. think you're an asshole. But if anything, I if it's just your choice, guys. yeah, if it's just your choice and you're like 19, 20 years old and you're like, yeah, I don't want to use gear. You know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like now if you're some young phenom, right, that natural totaled like 1,700 pounds at 198 or some shit, maybe you should look into getting on something to like, you know. Uh, if you're competitive, I think so. Right. I think any competitive it. athlete should very seriously consider it if for no other reason than their own health. Like they're physical and you're not getting injured. Because yeah. I know in Strongman, a lot of the older guys talk about it as more, especially as, as they get older and want to continue even just training. Not even necessarily competing, but just training. Uh, a lot of them refer to it as like their their method for injury reduction. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps keep them tightened up. And I can kind of attest to that where if, if I come off or I go on like a low TRT dose, uh, I have to be very careful with training. That that muscle is still there, and that that nervous system is still well trained. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, and I've done the recovery done that. isn't <laughs> exactly. And I've done that a couple of times where yeah. you know I I overfatigue myself over the course of like two weeks because it's really easy to do to do that for me, um, and then I get hurt, you know, yeah. and I accumulate fatigue infinitely faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to I'd like to throw in there real quick as as a talking point. Yeah, we we all talked about it kind of before we started recording, but uh, how oftentimes PED usage and the information surrounding it is a lot of the time the first question that I hear mm-hmm. from from younger guys, especially and girls, um, but younger folks especially, the first question out of their mouth is, "Oh, what do you take, or what should I take?" Or, yeah. you know, and. and Proves the ignorance. Right, yeah. exactly. But like, I don't know. How many times have you? How many times do you think you've heard that in the last six months? I don't know. It's, it's literally that nobody asks what you know. What training modality is better? What uh, you know? How can I optimize my nutrition? Like, what is most important? They're just like, what can I take? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I'm just like, why do you think that is? I think it's because some people think that it's magic. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes. So lack you of are going to get you know, amazing results relative to being natural as far as muscle growth, but it's not magical. It doesn't it, make it, you strong. It's, it's, it doesn't just turn you strong overnight. It's not how and it that's works. the misconception is they think that you take it. And some people are like, well, my buddy took some. And I'm like, well, first of all, your buddy was natural and 150 pounds. I'm like, so there's newbie gains there. There's just the fact that he's, he's gaining muscle at a, at a yeah. rapid rate. I mean, you just throw that right in with the newbie gains, but um, the increased frequency because your recovery is better. Yeah. And it's, you know? it's just, there's too much added to the other side. And then like, I, I think it's just ignorance. I think it's ignorance not, and they don't I, know. Yeah. And even kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole and I'm not going to go all the way down there, but, um, I think it's our culture. 
because oftentimes, you know, with media being such a, a present and current thing, you know, social media and, you know, commercials for drugs. Like I remember watching on uh, uh, Mark Bell's, or was it, was it Chris Bell, his brother? Maybe. Anyway, he, he did the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about how commercials, you know, were peddled as, as kids. Like we see them as children and we have forever. Is like, oh, well, you got this problem. You take this drug. We're, we're marketing this yeah. drug to you. Uh, oh, you have asthma? Take this drug. You have depression? Take this drug, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you want to go big? Take this drug. And I think that's how they see it. Um, and obviously that's incorrect in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm not going to say it's 100% incorrect, but mm-hmm. it is It is incorrect. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think especially, too, with, like, the, that question, what should I take? My first question in return is, are you competing? How long have you trained? How long have you been training? That right there. And that right there. If you haven't been training, what have, what do you always say? At least two years? Why are you even considering Yeah. That? Like, get your basic down Minimum. First. Minimum two yeah. years. Yeah. Bare minimum. Like, and it depends on how you respond to training in, in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some guys who've trained for two years and... <laughs> It doesn't look like they've trained for two years. And I know some guys who've trained for two years and they look like they've been doing it for a decade. Yeah. You know, it's all about that that response. And now if you've got the guy who's been doing it for two years and looks like he's been doing it for longer, he'll probably respond to drugs better than other guy. Um, but at the same time, what's your end goal? What are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this kid at the gym the other day and you've probably seen him too. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know, but I'm almost certain that he's in high school. And the dude's traps are up to his ears. Hello, he wa- acne. <laughs> he, he walks around like he's a fucking silverback gorilla. Mm-hmm. And I think I've only ever seen him do bench. And I'm not talking about Ethan this time. I'm not talking no, about No, I, I think I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, and he's got the... Do you usually hang out with like a bro- what looks like a brother? Taller guy? No, no. I, I've only ever seen him alone. He might have an older okay. brother or something. Huh. But I think I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. But, but this kid, you know... He's relatively strong, presuming that he's like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Also assuming he's taking more tests than I am. Um, you know, but I don't know. It, it, it bugs me to my core when I look at that and I'm like, now what are you doing with that? Yeah. Are you going to compete? Are you going to take this anywhere? Or are you just blasting your endocrine system for the lols? Like, yeah. you know, what are you doing? I'm like, you noticed that it didn't work for getting girls, right? <laughs> well, like, yeah. I have a buddy um, who's older, and he started when he was, like, mid-20. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm going to have to edit that out, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> He's, like, mid-20s, and he said when he started, like, that was one of his first thoughts. Like, okay, I know I'm going to have to probably be on the shit forever because my yep. nothing's going to go back to the way it was before. And now he's getting pellets and that's not doing what he wants it to do. And so he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm probably just going to have to go back to injections because like he's really depressed. Like his shit don't work. Like he's having relationship issues. Like it's just, it's a lot more than just getting big. Yes. I think a lot of people are missing. Yep. Especially the younger ones. Like Uh, you have to consider like, hey, this sounds really fun now, but like, how is it going to affect me in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Even five. Yeah. Even five. five years. So I've accepted the fact that I'm going to continue injecting testosterone every week for the rest of my life. I know I will. I know yeah. it. And I've accepted that. And that's fine because, and, you know, I, 
yep, I'm still, I'm still going. I still got another five to 10 years of good competing in my belt before I hang it up for good. Right. But, um, my friend Parker, um, you know, we, when we were younger, um, he started using in his early twenties and not to give too much information on him, but, uh, he hit me up the other day. He hasn't in a long time. He was a client of mine and started using before he was a client of mine. Uh, but he hit me up the other day and he was just like, well, I guess this is what I'm taking for the rest of my life. And it was a photo of a box of Clomid. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, damn, cause he's had a lot of issues. Like he tried just, you know, using aromasin and like, you know, or some ADEX and, and, you know, Novadex and stuff like that to try to, over the last couple of years to, to, you know, to jumpstart him to again? level him. Yeah. To level him out. Okay. And it hasn't worked his his test has stayed in the low 200s. Um, you know, and he feels bad. He just, it, it's not, it's not good. Mm-mm. Um, and he never competed. So it's kind of like, well, nothing against you, but what did you get from that? Yep. You know, um, I have state records. I've competed for world records. I'm proud of myself for those things, even though I didn't attain everything I wanted to. But um, my justification for the use of an excessive, let's be honest, an excessive amount of drugs um, was was that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays it's obviously much, much less. Um, but it's still a lot more than maybe what people would consider normal. Uh, you know. Maybe so, in our realm. Maybe. But, but definitely not in bodybuilding. Oh, God, no. You'd be a, oh, you'd no. Be a, a starter IFBB dose. <laughs> not, not even, not even, no. Like, my, my starter NPC dose when I started looking into that was uh, about double what I'm on right now. Um, yeah, my, my starter dose for when I was doing a bodybuilding off-season was uh, a gram of test... 600 milligrams Primo, 600 milligrams EQ, uh, 50 milligrams Anavar daily, um, 40 MCGs of Clen on training days, 20 MCGs on non-training days. Uh, and I think we speckled in some Anadrol, like 50 milligrams Anadrol on training days. Was this when you were with Nick? Um, no, no. Okay. Um, this was when I was with Lane. Oh, okay. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Nick's was about the same, though. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. it was about the uh, same. Um, I think that was 750 test, 700 EQ, 300 DECA, 200 TREN. Um, I think I think we had D-Ball in there for the first six weeks. Yeah. Do you really believe less is more, or does it kind of depend on the person? It depends on the person um, and your experience level. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you can't just... You know, you can't just jump straight to a gram of test. No, it, it won't do any more than if you just used 500. Yeah. You know, I just like in training, kind of like what we talked about prior to jumping on here, um, finding the lowest effective dose of training stimulus is what we were talking about, but also of, of gear. Um, finding the lowest effective dose for what you're going for is, is a big deal. Like we just realized that, or just kind of, uh, made the connection that my cruise dose, because it's not technically TRT most of the time, but my cruise dose that I had been running is no longer enough. Um, I was running 300 tests and I just felt worn out. Like even under only two or three days of training a week, I just didn't feel good. My libido was bad. My sleep was bad. 
I had every symptom of low test. Um, so when I bumped it up to 500 to actually jump on a cycle, immediately all of those things got better within two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, okay, 400 is probably my new cruise. You know, 350, 400. Um, but, you know, now I'm currently on 750. Then I just bumped it up from 500. I'll end the cycle at a, at a gram, but all I'm running is test. You know, mm-hmm. um, whereas my very, very first cycle ever, not having a whole lot of knowledge and being told by somebody else, like, hey, this is what you need to take, was 500 milligrams of test and 400 milligrams of DECA. So 900 milligrams for my very first cycle. That's a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah it was. And yeah. I blew the fuck up. Right. <laughs> I, I gained like 27 pounds in that 12 weeks and didn't lose any of it. Um, but finding that minimum effective dose for sure. is, is hugely important. I remember the first time I started test, I was taking just 250. I did 250 for 16 weeks. And uh, no, nobody would believe me because I put on 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I just, you know. And this, this was during my bro time, so I wasn't squatting. Right. I, my leg day was leg press and anything else that was easy. Yeah, right, um, right. You know, but still deadlift because that's a, that's a bro lift too. Um, yeah, it can be. You know, so it was. Especially these days. Yeah, especially these days. God forbid you work hard, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but only deadlift if you have good leverages for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I just do rack pulls. Alright. <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> you know what else kills me is when people say, um, oh I'm coming I'm just coming right off of everything. And I'm like, what oh, do you mean? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I'm coming I'm like, Are you like PCT or and they're like, No, I'm just gonna come off everything for a month and I'm like, That'll do nothing. That's that's gonna like, crash you and you're gonna feel like shit and that's it. It doesn't do anything. I'm just like, that's you know it. what I mean? Like there, there's no upside to doing that. Like, well, I need to, you know, I need to reset my androgen receptors. That takes months. You're going to feel like shit, bro. <laughs> that takes months. And Ugh. like, look, I, I get it. You know, I, that, that's a great notion and all. Yeah, it's but, a good thought. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. Well, I have a question. What if it's a female? Is that the same? No. I I'm actually not. not super educated on how to treat female cycle because I don't advocate that? for females to take gear unless they need to. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like they don't. None of them run it year round, with a few exceptions. So, <laughs> and we and we already we don't need to say their names. We know who the exceptions are because they all have a penis. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty um, much. Because I know okay. for for me, I started to try to do that when I when I first started using gear. I figured. Oh, I'm going to do three months on, three months off. Mm-hmm. Um, first time, worked fine. Worked great. Oh, yeah. like, when I got back on cycle, I soaked it up. I gained oh, yeah. another 20 pounds. You're like, yeah, baby. Yeah. No, <laughs> I felt great. Um, the the next time I did it, uh, I got about halfway through my, my quote-unquote PCT, and I was like, I feel like hot garbage. Yeah. And I was getting fat. Like, it was not working for me. And uh, I decided then, I was like, okay, well... Here we go. Yeah. TRT. So I jumped on 125, just 125 a week, and that made all the difference. Because um, if I am doing just genuine TRT and I'm not really focusing on training or I'm just doing bodybuilding stuff just to stay in the gym, 200 is fine. TRT at 200, totally cool. But um, anything else, if I'm still training and I'm just taking a little time off of a higher dose, 
it's looking like now it's going to be about 350 or 400. Yeah. Um, you know, without losing. Because the, the thing is, why... So this is an interesting topic I've brought up a couple of times. Um, one, I don't even know if we've talked about it before. Um, why... And this is a question, not rhetorical. Why are men stronger than women? <sighs> I mean, aside from the test... No, no, no. I mean, it, it does kind of boil down to that, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, like hormones, mostly. What about that makes a man stronger than a woman? Exposure over time. Yeah. Exposure well, over time. Long higher higher hormones for long periods of time. Right. Yeah. Longer terms of exposure to high amounts of testosterone, mm-hmm. or relative, right? Relatively high, mm-hmm. um, is what helps create that strength because it doesn't just change. Um, your your musculature and your endocrine system, et cetera, it changes your nervous system. Your nervous system adapts to those hormones. Uh, and that's why women typically cannot use 100% of their, their nervous system's, you know, go switch at any given moment, which is why you can, you can program a woman for an RPE 10, typically, typically. Um, and and they'll, they'll do it. And then you can flip around 20 minutes later and have them replicate it. Yep. A man, you yep. can't do that. Yep. It won't work. Um, and that has all to do with exposure to testosterone and high amounts of it over a very long period of time. So my argument is if your goal is to get stronger, now this doesn't apply to bodybuilding because I am no bodybuilding guru and I don't know how the fuck they manipulate all that shit, you know. To, to get maximum muscular gain and hypertrophy. But in terms of strength, it does not make sense to me to try, oh, I'm going to run, you know, 500 tests up to 750, up to a gram for a 12 to 16 week period and then come off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't, your, your nervous system doesn't work with that. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to retain as much as you should. The same reason you titrate you up is the same reason you titrate down. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because you want that exposure, that continued high exposure, even if it's not as high as it was, you want that continued high exposure to keep your, your central nervous system growing and adapting to that stress. Um, and I think, I think we see that with like all of the top level guys, right? Like, and I, I hate to throw names like Larry wheels, out there, but look at the guy. He's very obviously, and we know from some of his interviews and stuff that he's been on like 500 grams, 500 milligrams of test fucking for the last 12 years. Yeah, that's been his bare minimum. Right, Yeah, exactly. And yes, he's got great genetics and he responds well, but that's also a big part of why, you know, um, is that long-term exposure to high training stimulus and hormonal stimulus in, in his body. Um, so I, I was talking to one of the guys in the gym the other day and I'm not going to name names, but, uh, very advanced lifter. And he was talking about, he is the only man I've ever heard say this. Who's at his level, at least. Um, he comes off completely for most of the year and then blasts for three months. Hmm. Like when he's getting ready to compete, but he just runs like PCT drugs every other month of the year. So nine months out of the year, he's not injecting testosterone. Wow. And he just titrates his way up for three months, competes, comes off. That's crazy. Which, looking at him, you can kind of see it. <laughs> yeah. I um, think I know what you're talking about then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strong man? Uh, both. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, powerlifting strongman. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's probably the strongest guy in our gym. Very, mm-hmm. very advanced athlete. Great. Yeah. Cool guy, too. Older when guy, he, right? Yeah, yeah. But when he said that, I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Aha. Yeah. You know, so. I wonder uh, why. I don't know. He probably thinks it's healthier for him, but it's but it's not, actually. It's the opposite. Yeah. Uh, high estrogen is is much more dangerous for a male's body, heart specifically, than high testosterone. Hmm. Um, but I mean, he's at least controlling that stuff with PCT drugs. Well, yeah, his, his issue is going to be the ratio of right. Exactly. But then also arguably PCT drugs, Clomid, Nolvidex, Aromacin, Arimidex, you know, uh, all of those drugs are harsh. Oh yeah. They're very harsh on your body. A lot of them are chemotherapy drugs. (laughs) Um, so it's kind of like, would you rather just use a little bit of testosterone? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think I would. Yeah, I probably think a lot healthier for you. Now I'm I'm not a scientist doctor, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen Victor Black kind of, you know, cock slap a lot of the doctors that are you know professionals in the field. Anyways, right. a lot of those gurus. They don't know shit, dude. A well, lot of them don't. No, well, that's not what they went to school for. They don't. They don't teach them that, do they? No, no, they don't. Okay, like, so my they... one of my good friends, Eric, he. Uh, He's a, a PA, you know, he's been in school for fuck ever. He just graduated like a year ago. Very smart guy, but he even straight up told me, he did an IV for me in a parking lot um, <laughs> to, uh, to, to compete, you know, rehydrate. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said that, but, um, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, they don't, they don't talk about shit. Like when it comes to hormones and like, you know, PED usage or, or any of that. They don't talk about it at all. He knows. Yeah. I know a lot more about that than he does. Yeah. Um, which I guess, you know, specificity. What, what are you doing? What's your job? Do you yep. need to know it? Probably well, Their not. education is broad. It's not special. You know, it's right. not specialized. Until it is. You yeah. know, but then it's hyper-specialized. Yeah. No, you know, but... Cardiologist or... Think about the people who, like, now you can get TRT from your doctors. Like, even the guy my buddy's going to, like, the guy is, like... 250 pounds he's big he's a big guy Mm -hmm. and he told him like i'm very like sensitive to shit like i'm gonna need a lot i started him really low like his levels already dipped back down to like 119 well yeah so that's why he's talking about just going back to injections because nobody's listening yeah like because the doctor doesn't really know what he's doing you know your body exactly but also like you have to take into account like they have to get it approved through insurance and like there's a lot of loopholes either way you go yeah. it's gonna suck well and a lot of so, the promises that the pellets were you know given like no, they didn't live up to the promises mm-hmm. same with like test undecanoate they're like yeah, yeah you just pin it every you know whatever months and it's like it still doesn't work that way no, no. I'm like no. i don't care how slow you're, it releases it needs you need that steady release you, you don't want to be up your body's up natural down, rhythm your body's natural rhythm when your testicles are working appropriately is like once a week. Like you get a nice pulse like once a week, you know, and that, or more even in some cases. And yeah. a little less in some too, I'm sure. But like, you know, that's why they call it the man period, you know. And, and I remember Stan Efferding actually talking about doing blood work uh, in reference to his vertical diet. He was talking about blood work, but he did touch on the fact, he's like, I recommend blood work more for guys who are natural than guys who... Uh, use because when you're using and you have a trusted source and you know it you know exactly what you're putting in and you know exactly where you're at like and what it's going to do to you if i upped my test to a gram next week i know exactly how i'm going to feel in about two weeks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's that comes with experience but like i know my body 
Whereas I know some other people, if I put them on a gram of test, they lose their goddamn mind. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, so for me, I know guys that run 300 milligrams and they feel like God. Uh, and they've been that way forever. And then I know some guys who, you know, 750 is a sweet spot. A gram is a sweet spot. For me, if I'm looking for raw power and I don't really care if I have a hard time going upstairs, a gram of test is perfect. Um, if I'm, you know, working my way up, 750 is a weird spot, but I like 500 or a gram if I'm training, if I'm training for something. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, it does pain me to see, especially at our gym specifically, all the young guys. There's a lot of them on drugs. So many, dude. So many. Like I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to count all of them on two hands. There's a lot of them. And they're in high school. Yeah. And they just um, walk around mean mugging the world, too. I'm yeah, oh, like, they dude. do. They sure as fuck I'm do. Like, handle they know those everything. insecurities, buddy. Handle they those. know everything. They do know everything. Like, fuck, man. I did get one of them come over and ask me uh, why I was, mm-hmm. you know, benching on the floor. And I was like, oh, it's a floor press. And he was like, what does it do? And I explained it to him. I'm going to have to try that one. Well, his, <laughs> first, his first question after that was, can I do it with dumbbells? Just use the fucking barbell, dude. What do like, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm afraid guy. of stimulus, and you know, I just you know, I don't want to lift more weight. Uh, I just want to like look cool. I want to look like I'm strong, but I don't really want to actually be strong. I have heard that said to me, yeah, in, in seriousness, I know, dude. and that fucking blows my mind. Like, I would rather look like a weak little pissant and be strong as shit yeah. than than the other way around. Yeah. Than carrying around 250 pounds of muscle and, and be useless. Yeah. Like, that that just kills me. Like, helping my uh, bodybuilding buddy move one time. Oh and we're, we're moving their fucking mattress. And, dude, like, I mean, he was just struggling. And I'm just holding it up here. Like, what the fuck's going on? He's got to set it down again. <laughs> I'm, like, Chief? I'm like, dude, yeah. I have a terrible fucking overhead press. And I'm, I'm totally fine right, right now. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, my goodness, you, he's like 40 pounds heavier than me. And I'm just like, wow, okay. That honestly is pro- probably part of it. Yeah. Because I know, dude, like when I, when I start getting heavy, like, like heavy, I'm sitting about 225 right now, you know, pretty comfortably. I feel all right. You know, I'm not the best body composition, but I feel pretty good. I'll probably put on another 10 pounds before we compete. And that'll be about it. But when I was walking around like 245, ugh, it felt like shit. I was strong as fuck at very specific things, but yeah. but I felt like garbage. Um, but then walking around two hundred five, and I was a lot more athletic, and um, you know, double, you know, just just using my hands to climb rope all the way to the top and touch the top and everything. I haven't been able to do that since I was probably a teenager. Yeah, so that was kind of neat too. Um, but yeah, no, it's. Drugs, man. It's, a, it's an interesting world, and there is no one answer other than <clears throat> start low if you're going to do it. Um, well, and make sure you do your research, too. Like, Nick will get a lot of questions of just, the guys don't know what they're talking about. Like, before you come to somebody asking, like, what should I take, or, like, is this a good dose? Like, do you even know, like, why you're combining these compounds, or, like, what they're actually used for? Like, yeah. before you just come at somebody like at least do some research because that's i know that's very frustrating well yeah if you're if you're gonna ask me for free information from you know i do this for a fucking living yeah so if you're gonna ask for free information you need to if you're gonna come come correct (laughs) right Right. have your shit ready (laughs) right so otherwise it's 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 a diss to me and my time because it's like i'm offering free advice 
but I also have clients that pay me for my advice. So you need to make it an easy yes or no question. All right. It's, it's otherwise you need to pay me. And I know people are like, well, you know, it's just your time. Yeah. Fucker. That's what you're paying for. And experience. Well, that's what you're paying for. The experience yeah. to save you time. Well, not only that, but like, Motherfucker, it's your body. Like, are you really going to trust too. a random person? Well, you know, like, that's something I say a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah like, I remind be people. Be careful who you're actually asking information from. Because, I remind people that a lot. Like, I trust you with shit. Like, Victor Black's another one that you really mm-hmm. liked. But, like, not mm-hmm. a lot of people know correct or good information for you specifically. So, that's why it's really well, important Well, there's gatekeepers to, to the drug world, too. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of gatekeepers. And they don't... They hate Victor Black. Because he's using not only like his 40 years of experience using drugs and coaching people with drugs, yeah. but he's using research. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of research on drugs out there. And so that's what he's using when he's, uh, you know, kind of debunking some of the things that these people have said. Like the, you know, trend is three to four times more anabolic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he's shown on the data. He's like, we have zero proof of that. Yeah, it's not. Like, we have no proof of that. I like, like so trends, you keep saying right? exactly, but, <laughs> but we like it for force production, right? Yeah, which he talks about exactly. He's like, trend is great for force production. It's also great for other things, but for what we like, force production—that's yeah. what we're looking for. And you know what? You the know? best result I ever got from trend was you know you want to know how much I was taking. It was was it that time you took a full fucking bottle? No, oh. the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. So yeah, I did. I took a whole bottle, which I think came out to like. It was either a gram or like 1,100 milligrams <laughs> of trend in a week. Yeah. Six days, yeah. actually. Every day, pinning like 200 plus milligrams of trend acetate. Wasn't that the prep for... Uh... 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. dude. I felt like hot garbage. It was awful. Um, and my... Dude, every... I had to like get creative with where I was pinning things because it was hurting so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, let's 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 just say, and I had already been using five hundred to seven hundred milligrams of trend per week for the previous six weeks. Jesus, that. Um, that okay, it probably worked, but I was also using a lot of other shit. So like you know, eh, who knows? But the best result I ever got from trend, I was running fifty milligrams of trend enanthate a week, and that's it. Yeah, I was running like three hundred tests and fifty milligrams trend enanthate. That was it. And I got all of the benefits of trend, the good old trend dick and fucking all of it, dude, but no side effects. And that's the clinical dose, 50 milligrams. <laughs> it felt great. I felt great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, word to the wise, find the minimum effective dose. Cause you'll probably feel better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, like some guy said that I think he wrote it on uh, Victor Black's, uh, uh, one of his posts that he wanted to start. Uh, he's like, I'm going to run. 500 test and then I'm gonna run 300 trend. Uh, what, you know what? What's your uh, what's your thoughts? Like it wasn't his first cycle or anything, but Victor was just like, "Why are you gonna start at those doses?" And the guy's just like, what? "Like you can tell he didn't understand the question." And Victor's like, he's presenting it in a way where he's like, "Okay, if the clinical dose is 50, and you can get really good results from that, why are you taking six times that to start?" And I was just like, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why do people always do that? They're just like, I'm going to take this. And I'm like, why that arbitrary number? I'm like, now if you're experienced and you know that that number is what you need to titrate up to in order to start, you know, feeling better. Right. Performing. Okay. But when there's just an arbitrary number for no other reason other than it looks good on paper, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Like you do a little more thinking. And I found certain drugs follow that creed more than others. Trend is absolutely one of Definitely. them. Definitely. Like, start 
low as shit. Yes. Low as shit. And then go from there. Because, you know, test, test is one that I, in my experience, I have found the more the better. I mean, and, and that's not, I don't want that to sound like that's the case for anybody and anyone should do that. But if I'm running only test, the more the better. Now that is absolutely not true if I'm not running only test. If I'm running other things with it, I take those things into account and I don't run a gram of the test. whole anabolic load. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but Give yeah, you an anabolic load. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you, bet you fucking will. That old whale semen. Um, dang on. But the, um, but with Tren and like, you know, Anadrol, Anadrol is mm-hmm. another one. Oh yeah. You can take 25 milligrams. You can crack those fucking pills in half. Oh yeah. And, and get just as much. Yep. Um, and probably stay less toxic for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, because most people get really toxic from, from Anadrol. That's why their appetite goes away. Yep. Anadrol doesn't do that. Your liver does that. Yep. Your liver does not like it. Yes. So your appetite takes a nosedive after three or four weeks because you're running a shitload of Anadrol. Well, yep. if you have that and get just as much of a benefit, okay, do that. You know, yeah. fuck. Um, and, and this is coming from somebody who I, I think I can probably freely say I've run more drugs than most people you know um, <laughs> in terms of all at once. Mm-hmm. Like I think the most I've ever taken in just sheer volume was like 2,700 milligrams a week Yeah, uh, for like 12 to 16 weeks. And I've even run 24, 26-week cycles of – 1500 plus and more is not better (laughs) i will say that now it is not well and you know the funny thing is i know a lot of us will say this kind of thing like they'll they'll hear it straight from you know the horse's mouth of like you know let's say ed Cohn says it and they're like yeah i don't believe him i think he's lying he's hiding something it's like honestly we're not saying like i i have nothing gained from from telling you to take less you know i'm like i'm not competing directly with you the listener yeah. I have nothing to gain. It's like you know that everything that I have said on this podcast so far has been for your benefit. And also because we like to just talk and talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of those things that I I think I'm some not trying people to get hamstring hung up on. You. Right. You know? We're not trying to hamstring yeah. you and tell you something that you need to do that you don't actually need to do just to make you worse. If you started a gram of test, where do you go from there? Right. A gram and a half. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The diminishing returns are real, like very, very real. Uh, and your body cannot use a certain, beyond a certain amount, your body simply will not use it. Not to mention uh, the added oxidative stress. Yeah. Like you're training and you're taking too much drugs. I'm like, that's interfering with your ability to, to get more work done. Right. Well, I'm like, you know, and, uh, one of the guys, one of the kids at the gym, I was looking at him the other day and I didn't say anything, but. In my head, I was thinking, I was like, cool, you're, you're probably like 17 or 18. You look 25. Um, yeah. And when you're 25, you're going to look 35. And look, I know that because I am that guy. I'm 28, or about to be 28, and I look like I'm in my mid-30s. Yep. Um, a lot of that's from, man. from, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel it sometimes. But like, yeah, a lot of that's because of drug use. Um and that's that's part of it. Like it, it puts does. stress it on your body. Your body doesn't start looking older because it's fine. Your body starts looking older because it's stressed. Yeah. Um, so, you you know, I think we've talked about this before. You ever see a guy and he just looks like drugs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's so red ben and Pollock. like 
Yes. Okay, yeah. So at his biggest that he ever was, he looked like drugs. But I was also thinking of, um, I don't know, who, who else is out there? That That's nothing against Ben Pollock. Like, Holy I love shit. Him, but... Well, Nick Walker. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, he looks like drugs. He was a coach of mine yeah. for a while. the other red one, though? Red one. Like red-haired or, guy you know, or a well, red-skinned person? You know who I'm thinking of. But you'll just see, like, really red, like, white guys in the gym, and you just know, like, oh, the yeah, blood their blood pressure through the, the roof. Because yep. all the shit they're on. Yep. Um, Shit, that seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah. yeah, he looked like a damn tomato benching two forty-five the other day. <laughs> I was like, bro. Yeah. What? Oh my god! You have so much goddamn water retention right now. Like your chest cavity is probably stuffed full of water, and your heart is screaming at you. Yep. I remember my my first comeback meet. Even um, I don't get that red. You went to that meet. Mm-hmm. It was my first Texas meet too. Um, I ran. I think it was 300 test and 200 deca uh, for, for, I think I started 12 weeks out. Um, and I remember talking to other people and, you know, they were on at least a gram worth of shit. And this was their first meet. Their very, their first, very meet. first meet. And they were running a gram. They are running a gram of shit. A combination of things. Jesus. And one guy was running, I think it was like 900 milligrams of test alone. And then some other stuff. And I mean, I'm look, like, I'll be running a gram of test going into this meet, but it sure is fun. Yeah, it's not your first time. <laughs> yeah. It's not your first rodeo. And, you know, it's... And I just to... know that a gram makes me feel where I want to be. And that's me, personally. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's going to make everyone feel that way. Well, not... not Yeah. I mean, think about the price also. Like, why... How much money well, why are you would spending you on drugs? More if you can get the same results out of less. Like, yeah. that shit's fucking pricey. Yeah. So, like... I know that? how expensive it is to run a gram <laughs> yeah. plus. Dude, yeah. when I was running that bodybuilding cycle, I was spending $400 every couple of months on just, just gear. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> like, not growth hormone even. Just injectables. Well, like, and then your butthole puckers because you're like, am I even going to fucking get it? Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Is it even in the mail? Like, yep. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Yeah, they, uh, I don't know. I think we, we should talk about, um, we should talk about SARMs. Oh. SARM goblins. Don't use it. <laughs> I like, I like MK. That's, that's I like MK and that's like. it and it's not a SARM. Yeah. yeah, that's like a that that's one. a growth hormone secretagogue. It is. Butamotrin, um, is that what it's called? Or but- butamoran. Butamoran, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or um, Nutriball. Yeah, no, it, look, MK's great. I actually get more result from MK than I do, like, injectable, water-soluble growth hormone. You're not taking enough growth then, brother. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, I was running, like, 8 IU at one point <laughs> of some growth, like, "Quote unquote pharmaceutical grade." Yeah. It wasn't obviously. It was but, semen. Uh, it was not. Yeah, it was yeah. not growth hormone. Oh, it was. It was legit, but it wasn't legit like, semen. Right. It wasn't the. It wasn't that strong though. I mean, like, I got better results from NK more reliably, probably safer. Probably too. Um, but NK is great. But any other any other SARM, I've never touched them personally, but. I, I did run a cycle of oral superdrawal once, which is not a SARM, but it's basically the same thing. I ran that too. Um, and that is some fucking hardcore it is. shit. It is. That is some shit. Yeah. Um, but SARMs, though, you know, I know why, especially the younger crowd, like to take them because they're orals. And they don't, they're scared of needles. Yeah. You don't have to get poked and in the butt. I don't have to poke myself. Yeah. Uh, and that's, man, I'll tell you right now, that's fucking gay. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. something that's fucking guy or hell. Yeah. Uh that's dumb as shit. 
Uh, and I know because I was there when I was 20 years old. I was like, I, the biggest reason I didn't use drugs because I didn't want to poke myself with a needle. I just couldn't get a hold of him as soon as I found a guy that had injectable anabolics. So I was like, all right, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bro. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but like. I ain't afraid of shit. But SARMs, <laughs> Stick it in my butt's hole. Is that how it's done? <laughs> I have heard far more, far many more horror stories about SARMs and people going to the hospital and having organs shut down and all sorts of shit from SARMs than I ever have from some dumbass like myself running a gram of trend in a week. Never heard of anybody going to the hospital over that. Probably has happened. But, you know, I've heard, even from, from one of my friends who's a female, who never competed, but she was running Austrian and a couple other things and ended up in the hospital. They fucked her up, you know? And, and that's on marketing, Honestly, oh, yeah, they're great at it. They're, yeah, they're great at it, and they market it. got all it. those shit fluencers pushing all the basarms. Yeah, oh, you just take take this stack, bro, yeah. fucking four different compounds. You don't know which one's doing what. And Now it, you got 20-year-olds out there that can't get boners because their testosterone's suppressed. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just like, you know, some kid, I had somebody ask me that long ago, like, oh, I think I want to run just some Anabar, but just Anabar. I'm like, you know that's going to crash the shit yeah. out of you, right? Like if you want it's to do literally a suppressant, taking Anabar without taking tests as a, as you a, need as a base compound, yeah, you will <clears throat> you will crash. Yeah, um, and he did. Wow. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Didn't like, listen, was, huh? My yeah. dick doesn't work, and I feel like shit, and I lost all my gains. Well, this was our our boy back in back in Austin. He he did the same thing. You know, he's. I was like, now I'm. I don't really like this Rad 140 without any you know a test base. I was like, but like you do you. And then sure enough, he was crashed and you Look, know, he's like, most, I'm fucking depressed. And I was like, yeah, that'll happen. With most you. orals, you, you need a base of test. Can you say you that again? You have to have it. Most orals, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say all, okay? All orals, you need a base of test. Uh, or you will do more, far more damage to your own endocrine system and your, your long-term productivity and gains than you ever would have gained from it. Um, period. Mm-hmm. And I again, I am not a doctor scientist, but that's something that I know for sure. That's science, yo. That's, Facts. Yes. No cap. Is. No cap for well, all you kids listening. Fortunately for you kids listening, I am Dr. Professor Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Dr. Rocket Scientist. Go fuck yourself, especially if you have a dangly earring. Um, Wait, so what was the point of our SARMs? Just they're fucking just No, so there, I think there's an argument to be made for, for Austerine, for women. That's like a um, work capacity thing, though, more so, isn't it? No, that's Oster- Carterine. No, yeah, that's oh, Carterine. Right. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I think there's something to be said for that one, uh, for, for females, just because it's, it's so... Uh, kind of like an Anabar... Yeah, but it's it's even less virilizing than that. Um, so that's the upside of it. Well, that's good for your bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is some data to actually. You know what else is good for your bones? <laughs> milk. Yeah, I drink a lot of milk. <laughs> nah, take drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's that's a good one for for females. Primo, primo. That, what? Look, even I love Primo. That shit's yeah, just that's, it's awesome. It is. It's expensive. Well, 120 nice bucks a vial? Fuck. That's the nice thing is girls don't need that much Primo. That's you know? true. Even like, I've heard Deca actually for females in very small quantities. Yes. Is good. That one is, is a little more virilizing than I would have thought. Um, I but I know I, or is, am I correct in saying this? Because I've heard this, but it's uh, at this point bro science to me. 
Um, I have heard that DECA in some variation is produced in women's bodies in a very, very small amount when mm. they're pregnant. Yes. Um, so take that. It's also essentially salt, what birth control is. A lot of birth controls. Really? Which is essentially that. crazy because anytime I take DECA, I never get my periods. I get really bad cramps and I'm always fucking moody. So I don't take that one personally. But that and, makes and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, like D-ball, I won't take D-ball. Yeah. Which is funny because most people love D-ball and hate Anadrol. I would always take Anadrol over D-ball. I'd probably prefer Anadrol. Any day of the week. But I, I rarely run oils just because I have I don't need more eating. I don't yeah. need more. I yeah. used to. I used to. I used to swear by Anadrol. I, I had the holy trinity, right? Yeah. The holy T R E N trinity of nice. um, tests, uh, test Anadrol and trend. Yep. The Larry Wheel cycle. Yeah, yep. and, and it, dude, let me tell you, it works. It does. It works, but I could not run it for more than six weeks. So trinacetate and Anadrol for for six weeks, and then just ride your test. Mm-hmm. That was it. You know, so for like a peak, great, fantastic. Uh, anything beyond that, forget it. Yeah, like it, it will just toxicify the shit out of your body, and you will feel it physically and mentally. And um, you you know when you get to that feeling when you've been on a cycle for a while and you're yeah. like, I'm just ready to come off. Yep. Like I just I'm just ready to come off. Last prep, man, I ran the most I've ever ran in my life, and it honestly wasn't even that much. I think it was uh, like 1.3 grams. Um, total. Yeah. yeah, total. Uh, ran the test to, I want to say 450. It was four or 450. And then the majority of the rest was master on. And then, um, that's something I've never run. I like mast. Yeah. I've never run mast. I've heard several, a little bit of trend. That was it. That was the topping on it. Yeah. Cause I can't handle too much trend. Right. You know what? I, I've learned that I, I, respond a lot better to trinanthate than acetate. Ananthate's good shit. 50 milligrams a week, maybe to 100 or something. Yeah. I think the most I ever ran of, of ananthate was 200, probably a bit much, but but 50 to 100, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I felt great. Um, but uh, acetate tends to just, maybe it flushes too fast and I crash or between doses or something. I don't know. But um, yeah. Well, I think we've kind of yeah. beat, beat the drug horse. To, well, yeah, and we didn't really uh, talk about any structure or anything. Maybe we'll do that another time. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think it was just... flows better, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can edit this out, but sometimes it's nice to, like, just talk. Because yeah. I feel like that's more entertaining. I, yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think a lot of people don't want to hear, like, a real, like, structured well, breakdown Those are it. the ones I enjoy most. Like, Seth Perosi and his crew, like, they bullshit, and it's the funnest shit to listen to. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they have generic topics that they want to talk about. Of course, but, they but you know, like... those are great for spreadsheets. Yeah. Not a podcast. Exactly. Well, I'm like, honestly, I'm not going to lie, like, Helms is this kind of boring. Like, you have to be really nerdy. Oh, yeah. And, like, they go very, like, I'm just... Exactly. Like, and I don't it want ours to sound boring. that way. Like, you know, it's, it's good to put a link in there, maybe. Like, hey, if you want a spreadsheet breakdown of this shit, here's the link. Go read it. But this is meant to be an informative thing that you are engaged in listening to. Well, and, and once when people get to know us, like, they'll want to know, like, what you take or what you take or right. what you enjoy, like, what you mm-hmm. respond best to. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> I mean, I think topics is good, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to get super specific on, like, oh, we have to hit these things because it's going to make it sound, like, robotic. It can. I think some things lend itself better to that than others. I well, think- maybe, like, the mental health one because... I think there's a lot we can touch on that. Yeah. And I don't want us to go one off like 
weird tangents because we could, but I want it to be kind of related to like lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of. And that's actually been something I've thought about many times in terms of like my training when I've done the best mm-hmm. my training or like, I guess correction, my mental state when I've done my best in training mm-hmm. and, you know, comparing them to other times in my life, like, you know, when I was probably at one of my most anxious, depressive stages, I spent so much more time in the gym. Yeah. And mm-hmm. though that benefited me in some ways, I think it was not a benefit in others. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa, when I've been kind of more lazy and I'm like, man, I don't really give a shit about training, but all of a sudden training is really good and I'm like super strong for no fucking reason. I'm like, wow, okay. So the mental health plays a huge factor in, in a lot of it. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that in our next next episode. All right, guys. Well, we are going to sign off here at the Lifting Laughter and Life podcast. Hope you guys have a good one. Night. Bye.